Hello, Internet. You're listening to Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. I'm Scott Green, along with Mike Botta. Today we'll be discussing Episode 3 of Season 4 of The Genius. Just a quick warning, there will be major spoilers for Seasons 1, 2, and 3 of The Genius. So if you are not all caught up in current, I recommend you get caught up in current and then rejoin us as soon as your binge-watching is over and you've gotten some sleep. Because believe me, if you've not watched Seasons 1 through 3, you'll be through them consecutively with no sleep in between. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And I've got to say, if you're somebody who found this podcast without having listened to seasons one, two, and three, <laughs> j- just email us because I want to know who you are. That's amazing. Uh, you got to fake it till you make it. We got to believe that people are, are watching The Genius because of this episode of this podcast. That's what you heard about us on CNBC. <laughs> I don't think CNBC has heard of itself. So uh, good luck for that. Uh, before we get started, you should follow us on Twitter. I'm at who is Scott Green? Mike is at Michael Bata. That's B O T T A. Bata as in Michael's last name. That's right. Nailed it. It's actually Mike is in the 80s uh, <laughs> pop band Mike and the Mechanics, and Bata as in my favorite architect, Mario Bata. Yeah, but you got to be careful because if people go for at Mike Bata, they'll That's get right. a film star instead. Is that a person? No, <laughs> I just made that up, but it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm Michael Bata. At Michael. Exactly. Yeah, it's not Mike. So. That's right. All right, great. So, um, uh, should we should we get into this? Let's do it. Let's, I, let's I, deal with it. Let's deal with our grief. Yep. And I'll I just come say, to, I come to Barry Sangman, not to praise him. And dearly beloved, <laughs> we're gathered here today to say goodbye to the only Korean pop star any of us have ever heard of, <laughs> and our favorite member of Rura. Easily my favorite member of Rura. He's in my top two. Yeah, the the girl seemed interesting. They've got I some great YouTube videos. Yeah, they've got some good good YouTube videos. You can check it out now as part of our post-Sangman eulogy. But yeah, anyway. Well, I, I hope that the uh, level of fame doesn't correlate to uh, amount of debt because my understanding is Sangman was the least famous of them. And therefore, if Sangman is $5 million in debt, the others are probably 50 or $100 million in debt. Oof. Well, as Scott pointed out, we're here today to talk episode three, which if you've seen any of the genius you know, is now our fond farewell to the great season two winner. Lee Sangman. Now, I want to. I want to start by saying that I know a lot of you out there are distressed. I know a lot of you are putting road signs out um, on the set of the Genius. You you put you've laid down flowers and teddy bears, and uh, I'm going to talk you down from the ledge. I'm going to try to make the case for why this this could be the best thing to have happened to season four of the Genius. And we will get there. We will get there. I will make you feel hopefully a little bit better, and I will also hopefully make myself feel a little bit better because I did feel uh. I did feel a cloud hanging over me yesterday after I watched the episode. Hey, I need it too. The only thing consoling me right now is knowing that our, our friend Sangman's in heaven now screwing over the angels. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel better knowing that if there's ever another season of The Genius, he'll be back. I mean, we know he's he's willing to say yes, and we know that the producers are willing to invite him. So Yeah, you don't think he's busy? I think he's not busy. He'll be available. <laughs> he, just, he just needs to get his van towed over to the set. <laughs> All right, so uh, we begin the episode um, in the in the table discussion uh, with uh, with Chang Yop's ghost haunting Jung Moon, <laughs> which yeah, I thought was a great touch. Just so you know, just so you know, gone but never forgotten. Although to be fair, I had completely forgotten that guy before that happened. Well, because after he was eliminated in season one, he just sort of merged with Sung Yu into one same looking person, and uh, uh, I guess Sung Yu. Uh, took his essence or something. That's Sung Yu is evidently like incredibly popular there. So good, good for him. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, sure, I'm sure he's very talented. 
his father told me. His father was very scary. <laughs> so uh, Chang Ab's ghost is is hunting Jung Moon, and Hyunmin is warned that perhaps this is not someone he should um, he should be going after. And my first thought is good, maybe Sangmin's safe because it will be Hyunmin and Jung Moon in the death match after all this talk. I, that's how it seems to go. Um, Sangmin does a great job of pointing out. You know, we hear from from Bandage Man that. The season is set up for, you know, gaining upwards of $200,000, which Sangman points out is great because he's almost there. He's <laughs> almost paid off all of his debt. They say he's down to like 10% of his original debt, uh, which just reminded me of the, you know, in retrospect now, the movie Lethal Weapon, when the character's like, you know, I'm two weeks away from retirement. And that means he's definitely going to die immediately in the movie. Uh, all that Sangman needed was to tell everyone that he had just bought a boat named The Live Forever. Because you've, not that was seen, pretty you've not seen Lethal Weapon, have you? I you know Danny Glover survives, right? There's four of those movies. I have. I honestly had no idea. Yeah, well, yeah. that's uh, what I get for using references I don't actually know about. That's I, just okay. wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to shoot you down. Yeah, I've only I've only seen the Simpsons parody of McBain, which is where the Live Forever thing comes from. Yes, yes. That's uh, well, who could forget McBain? And in that episode of The Simpsons, if you watch all the McBain clips, they actually play out as a movie. I believe through the whatever episode McBain plays and like they assemble together. It's one movie we're seeing clips of throughout the nice. season. Nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, Sangman owes $500,000. And meanwhile, Jinho and Dongman are going at each other and there's absolutely no heat on Sangman because, um, that's just how Sangman is. He, he avoids the heat, right? Nothing will ever change. You love it. Never be eliminated. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the game today is today's menu where players will be choosing between Jujangyun, Jampong, and fried rice. And can I just say from the start that I'm very glad that the key pivotal food item turned out to be the fried rice. Uh, yeah, because it's the only one we'd heard of? It's the only one I could distinguish from the other two. Yeah, I was going to say round of applause for pronouncing those things and remembering those things, because I had no idea when it was playing out. I just figured, okay, that's fine. They've got different colors. I'm going by colors. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. Um, I also wrote down the game board. So we, we know that the point of the game is to secretly place your order inside your box. And then uh, ultimately you're going to guess uh, how many other people uh, pick the same food item you did. So if you correctly guess that you are the only person who have picked your item, you get five points. If you correctly guess that you are one of only two or three people, you get three points. If you correctly guess you're one of four to six people, you get two points. If you correctly guess you're one of seven to ten people, you get one point. And if you correctly guess that everybody picked the same thing, you get four points. And every four points is worth a garnet. Over, I think they said 14 points, every point was worth a garnet. But there was little risk of us getting to that point. Right. And and this game from the start has the feel of one of those, it's a Sangman game. Sangman even says, says himself. Yeah. yeah, he's like, this, this is one of mine. I, yeah. I've got this one, you guys. And I can completely see where he's coming from. It really it has, was. It's got that scamming horse race feel, which is that... You know, they say this a million times. It's an information war. And other than Hyunmin, who sort of is secretly under the radar, incredibly effective at collecting information during these games, there's pretty much no one better at that than Sangmin. Whether it's collecting the information from you directly or from someone else who you've given it to, he is just masterful when it comes to getting information out of people and using it to his advantage. Or looking into your soul and knowing that you're lying to him. That's true. He's got the human lie detector, which goes a long way for these. If games. you tell them what, if you tell them any of those three food items, he'll know which one you picked, even if it's not that one. <laughs> uh, he also he's only one person he can do that with. And so long as he can avoid going to the death match with that one person, he should be uh, he should be okay. Yeah, and he's got good odds, right? It's not, it's going to work out just fine. <sighs> yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. You get the two hour third boxes all being shoved from eleven. 
to uh, to seven to ten, um, and we are left to wonder what is going to go wrong. Probably Sengman scoring a lot of points and winning. That was definitely what I figured, right? When I saw that, I figured, oh, he figured something out. He screwed everybody over. And I guess that was kind of what happened. But the way it plays out ends up being way more nuanced and interesting than just a a pure Sangman screw job. Yes. So at first, the players are trying to talk to each other and figure out who's ordering what. Uh, They're going in and out of the different rooms, including the room with the long dining table. Uh, Hyunmin and Dongmin are coming up with their old plans of leaving notes for each other. Underneath the speaker over here on the end looks like a good place to me. What do you think, Mike? Is that a good place to put a note? I can't imagine anyone would ever go near that speaker. And Sangman. Hey, under the table, we've got the genius equivalent of a spy shack, and it's Sangman hiding under a table. You know what it reminded me of? Another another dated Survivor reference. Remember in All-Stars when uh, I think it was Sheehan and Kathy were talking about Richard, and then Rich comes out and is like, so I heard the whole thing, and let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Next week, Hyung-Hoon is going to suggest that everybody build a shelter out of rocks and just put it below the tide line, and we're all just going to go, oh, God, Hyung-Hoon, come on. I don't know. I think think the comparison between Hyung-Hoon and Rupert is an ouch for (laughs) Hyung-Hoon. He wears way better clothes. Tenhoon is super fashionable. Well, I think you never see him he wears clothes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. Um, but but speaking of Simon hiding the table under the table, it's a great moment because it just goes to show that he's always coming up with plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. So at the point where we see that he's under the table, we've already found out that Sangman has grabbed Dongmin and he's grabbed Jinho and he's proposed an alliance of kings. And they seem to be bought into that. So Dongmin and Jinho both say, yep, sure. It's a relatively small alliance. This game is mostly going to be about a smaller group essentially screwing over the majority, which, you know, as it stands, is a pretty good theory for a way to handle it. Uh, but in that moment when Sangman's hiding under the table, he's been there already for you know, a good chunk of time, and he's getting lots of good information. So there's a moment where you see him actually, you know, scribbling on his notepad. He's gotten lots of data. Lots of important conversations have happened in there. And the conversation that you're mentioning between Hyunmin and Dongmin seems like it in itself was a pretty important one because they were talking about, you know, screwing over someone within their alliance. And odds are, when you think about who that person might be, it, there was a good chance that they were going to plan on going after Sangmin. So the fact that he was there under the table, uh, probably a good serendipitous occasion. I mean, to call it serendipitous is to not give Sangmin enough credit because the guy is incredible. Like, even in that moment, there's a... And confessional from Dongmin where he just notes, he kind of just sighs and goes, man, this guy. I've never met anyone like this guy. And you that's think, a pretty apt description. Has he done this in seasons one and two and it didn't amount to anything so they didn't show it to us? Hiding under a table? Yeah, a spy shack. I, you gotta, I mean, he's always looking for everything, right? He's, he's found every nook and cranny of every room. I, he's not the guy who ends up hiding behind doors, right? I remember there's a scene of someone well, he, hiding he behind doors. Yeah, was he, that him? Yeah, he did, and and uh, yeah, that was in the the office game, the um, whatever it was called. There, that, there we go. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's a he's a Milford man in the Arrested Development. Right? <laughs> uh, I wonder if uh, I wonder if while he's hiding, the producers are playing idiot tape music real loud, so no one can hear him <laughs> scribbling under the table. <laughs> Anything to protect him. Anybody hear that? Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn up melody. So if I knew the name of any other Idiotech tape song, I would mention it right now. But I, I bought the album, but I, yeah, I can't remember the song names. Yep. Um, so the, the immediate strategy that jumps to mind and the one that the players figure out is, at least for a little while, why don't we all pick the same thing and I'll take four points each. And if anyone betrays us, we'll you know make sure that person doesn't win. 
and make sure they wind up in the death match. And uh, in fact, because this game has four rounds and because everybody getting the same, uh, picking the same item and getting the full four points for it equates to a Garnet, each round they do this, they can add 11 Garnets to the prize pool, which seems like a pretty simple plan. And th- at first, when this is proposed, the players aren't down for it. There's, a, there's only maybe about 50% agreement to this. What did you think of that? Because I thought that was probably a mistake that um, essentially like the least play you could get uh, the better in terms of just hiding and letting someone else expose themselves uh, and make themselves a target. W- would you have gone along with this plan in the first round, or would you? Have I absolutely it? would have gone along with it. It surprised me specifically that the specific people who were most opposed to it. Someone like Hunman. If I'm Hunman, I'm I'm doing that all day because odds are I'm going to make it pretty far in this game. Uh, I want there to be as many garnets in the pool as possible because I've got you know a better shot of winning them than almost anybody in the field. So why not play along? No one's going to pick me for the death death match. The odds that I come in last place in this game are well, pretty remote. That's key for Gunman. No one's picking Gunman for the death match. And I think maybe part of why, I think Junsag was one of the players who who uh, wouldn't agree to it. Um, you know, he's afraid he's going to get picked for the death match. Yep. If you think you're someone who get picked for the death match, this is a riskier strategy because uh, maybe you believe that your best chance is to try to win the game. And to win the game, you want to have more than one round to maneuver. Yeah, and that's one of the beauties of the genius. And I mean... You know, if this is the first time listening, you know, for you to Scott and I, you know, Scott is a reformed attorney. I'm an economist and, you know, got some experience teaching negotiation. So just from a, a pure game theory and negotiation perspective, it's a great design for a game. Like it, it absolutely makes sense that so many people are going to have an incentive to defect here. It's a really rich game. Yeah. yeah. It's a game that's, that's simple, but, but very rich and, and a lot of uh, layers to it. Yeah. So because no one took that deal, we end up with, you know, every round having quite a few of those layers, you know, starting with the first. Well, and, and we see the first round seems to be going okay. Uh, Jungmoon makes a mistake. She puts her box in the wrong place. She just miscalculates or doesn't think it through. And Sangin makes a mistake because he runs out of time to move his box to the right, uh, to the right square. Now, I, I wondered about this. In the first round, when pretty much everyone seemed to have all the information, I don't know why you wouldn't have just put your box in the right square to begin with and then forget about it. Yeah, why play the game in the first place? Well, there's there's no yeah. real reason to to put it in the wrong square. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By by play the game, I mean exactly that. Like, why play the? Oh, I'm going to move it to the last oh, minute. The tricky, yeah, yeah. Tricky. Why overplay? Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you there. I don't really get it. Um, and you've got to think that just that minor mistake by Sangman really changes the course of this entire episode, because until that moment, he's set up pretty well. He's got some of the best possible alliance mates in the game. Uh, he's, you know, fairly sharing information with Jin Ho, so he's proving his loyalty. And then the fact that he ends up, you know, in a two-way tie for last place at the end of this round, which we'll get to in a moment, really seems to just change the course of the entirety of the episode and, you know, probably shortens his stay on the show. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it seemed like a little thing at first, uh, but it turned into a huge thing because of what happened in the second round. Uh, and even regardless of uh, of Kyung Hoon's uh, Kyung Hoon's b- uh, betrayal or or you know exposing of the secret, um, Sangmin uh, was still essentially giving up a round where he he didn't have a chance to pick up points on Jung Moon. I, I just think it's it's a really bad spot, especially to be at the bottom alone with one other person, where uh, it's really that one on one game and there's there's not much wiggle room because you can't work with that one person really. Although speaking to that, he kind of could have worked with Jung Moon if they had done both done the the trick with the lid, which we'll get into in a moment. But yep. um, that was another thing that they neglected to think about. 
Yeah. Is it worth for a moment? Because we're going to talk about Kyung Hoon so much in this episode. We can sort of set the stage and mention what he's doing for the first, you know, few minutes of this episode as it plays out. Because as usual, Kyung Hoon's pretty much off by himself. Nobody at first seems to be paying too much attention to him. They're sort of actively avoiding him as usual. And you can tell that he's getting the sense, like, yeah, he mentions it later in the episode, but, you know, am I a pervert? Am I someone that is just completely a pariah at this point in the episode? And the fact that he's worried about that from, you know, the moment go here as things get started really seems like it plays into some of the otherwise completely crazy decisions that he makes over the course of the next rest of the afternoon in Geniusville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the dog thing that he's Sangman's dog, he's, you know, he just, he wants to be loved. He's a puppy. He wants attention and he wants to be loved and he wants people to scratch behind his ears and he doesn't understand why they do or don't, but he just, he wants the, he has this simple need. Yeah. And no no one is treating him like a, a good pet through the first you know, 20 minutes or so of this episode. Everyone's no, trying to get away from him. He's a mutt. He's a, he's a wild dog. He's a feral dog and, and everyone's afraid of getting bit. And, and the one person who's willing to pet him gets bit. Ugh, he'll do it without malice, you know, as, as we hear from the last episode, but he'll do it. And he does it several times over the course of this episode. There's only one Kyung Hoon. Thank God. Uh, unfortunately, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, the first round ends and the players discuss whether they'd like to try the everyone gets a garnet strategy and Sangmin and uh, Jungmoon decide that they're willing to give this a try. Um, they, they figure, okay, we'll, we'll take a round off. We'll let everyone get a garnet. We'll get in everyone's good graces and then we'll resume the game in round three. And so everything yep. goes according to plan. Everyone shows they're all ordering the fried rice, I believe. Was that it? I, I, I think so. Yeah, they all yeah. blended together. Yeah. So uh, they're all going to get the fried rice. They show each other. Everyone's got a fried rice in their box. They all close their boxes and put them on number 11. And then with about two seconds left, Kyung Hoon dives to move his box all the way across from 11 to 1. And if even the producers, you, know, you got to figure at this point the producers are pretty pissed at, at Kyung Hoon, but you've got to imagine if they weren't, this would have been a nice opportunity to bring back everybody's favorite Moby song and, and have an extreme ways moment. But <laughs> the idea of, of the first one of the season going to Kyung Hoon, I think that was even too much for the producers of the genius. So we, we get some more inside information here. And, you know, Scott, I'll, I'll pass it to you to explain what happened there in a moment. But I just wanted to highlight one thing uh, that we see in sort of in terms of social dynamics. Uh, when everyone is batting around the idea of doing the, you know, four garnets apiece strategy, uh, Dongman's basically back in control. It's just like season three. Dongman is the group spokesperson. He cedes the floor to Sangmin and Jungmoon to give them a chance to make a decision since they were the ones in last place. But I thought it was really interesting how the group, you know, at, from this point onward through this episode, is right back to sort of deferring to Mr. Personality Dongmin when it comes to big group decisions. Yeah, and I want to talk about that more later when we talk about Dongmin's willingness to help Sangmin. Um, and I think, I think uh, that'll give us a fuller picture of what Dongmin is doing and uh, what the other players are seeing and not seeing in regards to Dongman. But I do want to get to uh, what Kyung Hoon did to score his, his five point uh, all by myself victory in round two. Now, before this part of the episode, I had scribbled in my notes that what the players should do, I, I call this magician plan. Uh, I, I wrote hold card and lid show whatever all others are ordering. When lid closes, my actual order will drop onto the, uh, onto the group order card. So I didn't know about the secret panel, but my thought was because the lid was recessed, you just hold the card in there with your finger 
and you hold it at an angle where people can just see the top card in the bottom of the of the case. And then when you close it, your card will drop on top. This is something that you know. I, I'm uh, again for those who who haven't heard uh, more about me. I am a reformed attorney, but I'm reformed in that I am now a professional magician, and so I'm always thinking about these sorts of things. So even before the reveal that there's this secret panel in the box that you can use to even show that there's nothing in the top of the box, um, I already sort of figured out that this would be a, a good trick to use. I was I was kind of pleased that it turned out the producers had thought of something like this as well. As soon as I saw it, I figured, oh my God, Scott must be loving this. I had already written down in my note and I saw it and I was like, oh man, I was going to talk about this and, <laughs> and now no one's going to believe that I came up with it myself, but yeah, I did, but whatever. Uh, so Sangman figures this out, of course, because Sangman sits in his room like an adolescent boy. Um, again, per the late, great Jung Hyun, who is uh, currently uh, hair deep in the sea. Oh, he's fully in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, so Sangman figures this out all by himself. He shows it to Kyung Hoon. Kyung Hoon says, Oh, all right, cool. I, I can betray everyone. The one thing Kyung Hoon can't do is betray everyone and then keep his mouth shut. Oh, that's uh, painful. The plan was, the deal was that Sangman and Kyung Hoon had come up with was Sangman will help Kyung Hoon win the main match in exchange for immunity. Yeah, uh, so that so that Sangman won't have any chance of going to the death match. And this only works if Kyung Hoon keeps a secret that he's working with Sangman, because Sangman needs to be part of the group that's opposing Kyung Hoon from that point on in order to pass Kyung Hoon the information he needs to make sure that he's able to correctly order and place his order uh to earn enough points to stay in first place. And you've got to think if Kyung Hoon's able to keep his, his mouth shut this plan probably succeeds. Like, I, I'm sure, you know, Great we're weighing probabilities here, but everyone is already going to assume that Kyung Hoon is a loose cannon. He doesn't really lose anything additional by doing this. He already has that reputation. Uh, it's unlikely that people would initially suspect Sangman in this. Even if Kyung Hoon gives the token to Sangman, they're not going to assume that it's because of something hap- that happened this week, because all along he's been saying that he's working with Sangman. So for at least a week, you'd think this is great. We can take advantage of this relationship that everyone sees, you know, make both of us safe. Kyung Hoon, all you have to do is just keep your mouth shut. No problem. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got to keep his mouth shut. Um, I I just, I kind of wonder if, um, now we know how it played out. We know that Kyung Hoon opened his mouth, but would it have made more sense for Sangman to go for this too, for them both to take the five points here? Because then Sangman has three points on um, almost everybody. He has five points on Jung Moon with two rounds to go. So she's not going to be able to catch up to him. Um, you know, just going back and thinking about it, like maybe if he wants to keep it a secret, this is the way to go. This is the like better TV play ostensibly. If you can have a secret ally, but it probably so, makes more sense for Sangman here to, to go up five points on the player who is then in last place. And even though they might feel. Them, so are you saying that they would both go for it? Or that... for it because there's three things you can order. So if everyone's picking the fried rice, then you've got nine people with the fried rice. Then mm-hmm. I'll take a jam pong, and you take the jajamyeon, or what? Wait, 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 it's a different page. The, the other yeah, one, jajangmyeon. So you and I can each take one of the J's. We can each be the only person with that item. Everyone else has the fried rice, and we can uh, we can each have five points. And again, then Sangmin has five points. Jungmoon still has zero, and Jungmoon potentially feels equally as betrayed by Kyunghoon as she does by Sangmin, because Kyunghoon has also uh, screwed over the group. Uh, Sangman can say, well, I knew that Kyunghoon was going to do this, so I thought that uh, my best move was to just also take five points. And again, if you're Jungmoon, maybe you'd rather take Kyunghoon to the death match than Sangman, presuming that that's your choice. Also, Kyunghoon might still win at that point if he gets the five points. I mean, maybe, maybe something changes where he is able to 
to hold on to the lead uh, through the end of the game, in which case he can give Sangman the, the token of life directly. Yep, it's true. It pretty much would be guaranteeing that they do not both end up in joint last place because well, that's for sure. Is always behind them. That's for sure. But but you know, if you're Sangman, your your goal is that you avoid the death match. You don't care so much about Kyung Hoon. Kyung Hoon matters only in that uh, if he wins the whole the whole main match, he can give you the token of life. But if you're Sangman, um, you know you're taking a five point lead on last place. You're five points over last place. You're no longer even in second to last. I mean, there's. Everyone oh, yeah. else is in second to last. You're in second place straight up at that point. I'm, I'm with you. I think if you're saying then your primary goal in all of these games in the the early rounds of the genius is just to not be in last place. Because you know, as we see over the course of this episode, he has so much respect from this group that it's unlikely that someone is going to choose him to go to the death match. You'd be so afraid of getting one of the social games. Maybe it's Quattro. Maybe it's betting rock, paper, scissors. Um, if those are the only two, I guess you could veto one. But then you couldn't veto anything else you didn't want to play. And in in those social deathmatch games, you'd have to be terrified of saying And for good reason, right? Like, you can absolutely see him, you know, making moves, making deals, using his garnets, and finding a way to pull it out. So if I'm Jung Moon, if I'm pretty much anyone, uh, I'm going to be extremely wary of the idea of affirmatively choosing Sangman when Kyung Hoon is still there as an option. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Sangman, Sangman's goal is to just not be in last place. And I think... The fact that this the, in the second round he could have a five point head start on last place uh, is just huge. I mean, there's there's not any realistic way that Jung Moon can make that up. That the other t- side can can guarantee that Jung Moon can avoid that fate. And certainly, the people who have two points aren't all going to go along with any plan to get Jung Moon enough points to get ahead of Sangman because they've also all got to get ahead of Sangman in order to survive. And that four to six square is so important is so essential that I, I don't see how everybody can get over five points after earning zero points in the second round and most of them having two or maybe three points in the first round, how they can all, uh, they can come up with a, with a solid strategy that, that they can trust the luck of what Sangman and oh. can do that. I, I just think that five points in the second round there, uh, keep Sangman out of last place. And, um, you, you also never know what else is going to happen in that group. There could be another betrayal. There could be a subsequent betrayal. That's a lot fresher in the loser's mind. Oh yeah. And I completely agree. That was the direction I was going to go in here too, which is to say that it's one thing to try to save Jung Moon when you are comfortably, you know, pretty far away from last place. It's another when you're, you know, tied for second to last, essentially, or very close to the bottom, just the risk of defections there are going to be so high in a way that they weren't quite as high when you had this massive, you know, ten person alliance or however big it is at this point. Well, the difference together. The difference is that when Sangman doesn't get any points in the second round, he has zero. So there is someone that big alliance can aim to keep in last place. Right. So yeah. So I'm, I'm that's completely why they with you here. Work together. It so, definitely makes sense. Just take the point, Sangman. I mean, it's he's just getting too fancy with his strategy. I mean, he and he, he does it all the time. We'll get to that later when we talk about why I think it's okay that he's gone. Um, but I mean, just take the five points. Take them. You you have this secret. You can only do this one time. This is the perfect opportunity. Take the five points yourself. Stop being cute. It's funny. If anything, it seems like he was so concerned about drawing the ire of, of Dongman and some of the other folks who are going to be wary of trusting him that he had he just been usual untrustworthy Sangman here, he's probably way better off We're for this game that. in long term. Well, he's too obsessed also about the token of life, right? And mm-hmm. and the math on this is pretty straightforward. Like, presuming he doesn't have the token of life, but he's not the loser, two people will have the token of life. One person will be one of the death match out of the 11 remaining. So there's a one in eight chance he gets picked. And let's say it's all things are equal. He has a one in eight chance of being picked. There's a, the person picking for the death match is going to pick it randomly, right? One in eight. Okay. Sure. Meanwhile, yeah. if Kyung Hoon wins, 
uh, Kyung-hoon has promised Sangman the token of life. And let's presume that that promise is legitimate and Sangman can count 100% of the time Kyung-hoon wins. Uh, Sangman is going to get the token of life. Now, in the situation where Sangman simply is not the loser, he's got a 7 eighths chance of not being picked for the death match. In the situation where he needs Kyung-hoon to win, does Kyung-hoon really have a 7 eighths chance of winning the game? Because that's what he needs to have for this to even be a break-even move. Not to mention the fact that the times he goes for Jung Moon and doesn't get it, he's almost always going to be in the death match. Yeah, I mean, I think the math works out here, right? It's pretty clearly not the case that, you know, that five points are going to be give you that much of a stranglehold on the game. Other folks are going to make a move. You're going to see other defections along the way. So it's hard to imagine a world in which five points are, you know, a lock for winning. The only way that they are really is if the... You know, if truly Sangman is able to, you know, be pure magical Sangman and pass information and completely avoid getting caught. But just like you're saying, even in the instance where he's getting information from the group, there are going to be lots of incentives for people to defect at that point. He probably won't actually have complete information. It's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so Kyung-hoon tells everybody that uh, he's working with Sangman or at least tips his hand. And now Sangman can't get more information from the group. Sangman is at the mercy of whatever little information he can get, and he knows that he is in big, big trouble. But who is here to save the day? It's the leader of the other nine who is planning a strategy and who everyone is allowing to tell them what to pick and where to place it. It's Dongmin, who's willing to be bought by Sangman for three garnets. I, I love this in so many ways. So you know, just to break this down a little bit, so we, we've already had Sangman plan one, which is the false top on the box. And it's, you know, pushing Kyung-hoon to victory. Now we're on to Sangman plan number two, which is just a pure nego- Garnet negotiation. Going to sit down with Dongmin, who is an interesting choice for this, but he, he ends up making perfect sense. Um, he sits down with Dongmin. He clearly still has a, po- a, a solid relationship with Dongmin, which is kind of surprising to me. Um, and he's just sorting out a deal. They end up saying at first, uh, Sangman offers two Garnets, which would give them both five at the conclusion of the deal. Dongmin pushes for one extra, uh, which would leave Dongmin with six and Sangmin with four. Sangmin's fine with it. He's perfectly happy to go along with it. And Dongmin seems entirely committed to this plan. And we see a, from a scene from slightly earlier where he's working with the group and the group has the option of saying, is our primary goal to push Hyunmin to victory or is our primary goal to save Jungmoon? And the group decides primary goal is going to be to push Hyunmin to victory. So there's room there. He can, you know, still push him into victory while also ensuring that Sangman doesn't come in last. And he seems perfectly willing to do it and to sell his reputation by you know, defecting in a way that people are going to notice. As soon as those garnets transfer from Sangman to Dongmin, the group is going to figure out pretty quickly what actually happened, which is probably going to play you know, against Dongmin and his reputation for the rest of the game. But he seems willing to do it. He certainly starts putting the plan in motion and it just doesn't quite pay off because of, you know, that player whose name will not be mentioned at the moment. Uh, <laughs> but to start off here, Scott, what'd you think? Were you surprised that Dongman was willing to make this gamble and go along and make a deal with Sangman? Yeah, I was really surprised that Dongman was willing to do this. Uh, Dongman's whole thing is we're going to stay with the group. We're going to work together. No one betray us. He always makes these very hurt faces. Whenever Sangman does anything, because, of course, whenever Sangman does anything, it's betraying someone. Her faces, picks up a large sickle-like weapon, all the above. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was surprised. I was happy. I mean, I was, I was hoping something would work out for Sangman when it seemed like all hope was lost. And sure enough, Dongman's on the level. He's, he's given Sangman the real information. He's actually helping him out. 
Oh, yeah. um, I, was, I was thrilled in that moment. Like, oh, my God, he did it. He found a way. He's working with Dongmin. He's got a great ally. This is perfect. Finally. And Dongmin's even convincing Jungmoon that she should pick Kyunghoon for the death match. It's just all setting up perfect. I wonder if you were in the room at that moment, like if you're Yuyan or some of the other folks who are, who are around, aren't you getting a little bit suspicious? Like, it seems a little bit odd that all of a sudden we're saying, yep, you know what? Just, just in case, Jungmoon, just in case you end up in last place and somehow Sangman's able to get some information and not be in last place, just, uh, yeah, don't pick Sangman. Don't pick that guy. Pick somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone did have a suspicion. Well, we know that Junseak had a suspicion of something. I don't know if he suspected Dongmin. Uh, we know that these episodes are are not all filmed before the show starts airing. So if Dongman's still in the game uh, right now as they're filming, who knows, maybe the final four or final three or something that uh, the other players will know. Although I guess if they're that far in the game, it won't matter anymore. But um, yeah, it's it it was surprising. It was unexpected. Um, I, I was happy he did it. I'm glad there's another dimension to Dongman's game. Uh, you know, we're not just seeing the same things we saw in season three, but the information is good. Sangmin and Kyunghoon use it and they pick up enough points that Sangmin can stay uh, out of uh, solo last place. And we head to the final round. And uh, the goal of the final round is uh, Jin. Part of it is that Jinho is going to get five points for being the only one with fried rice, which opens the door for Sangmin and Kyunghoon to pick fried rice, put their money on the, uh, put their box on the two to three uh, square and clean up three points while poor Jung Moon only gets two for being in the four to six square. Right. With the idea being you'd have just enough points to push them out of last place. Jung Moon ends up in last place. Jung Moon goes ahead and picks Kyung Hoon and Sangman's safe again. We all wipe our brows, genius fans. Sangman lives to see another day. Uh, finally, we've got plan number, you know, part of plan number 2B, let's call it, is set in motion and it looks like Sangman is going to survive. So what winds up happening is Jun Sayak approaches Kyunghoon. What's going on? Kyunghoon says, oh, yeah, uh, I picked fried rice and I'm going in two to three. And Jun Sayak goes, eh? Why? Why Why would you do that? Just just why would you do that, Kyunghoon? I, because the I, puppy likes to meet new people. I'm just so baffled here. Like, he gives his explanation. He says basically, yeah, Jun Sayak's been good to me. He's been We've been working together. I basically didn't think it through. I didn't think that it would cause any harm. And that just blows my mind. Like, if you saw the table, how would you not realize that giving away that information would be important? Are you just assuming that Jun Seok won't trust you because you're Kyunghoon and you're completely untrustworthy? Like, it just baffles me. Here's what I don't get. And, and this is something they didn't even mention on the show that I can recall. Why do you need Kyunghoon to pick fried rice anyway? The whole point is to get Sangman three points. It doesn't really matter if Kyunghoon gets three points. He could get four to six points betting on... Well, Jampong or Jangmyeon or whatever, uh, he can safely get two points for that. It doesn't. He's not. It's not the difference between winning uh, or coming in last place. He's going to be in the middle of the pack in either case. Why not make Sangmin just the second person with fried rice and uh, make give him some insurance in case something happens, like Junsak changing his order? It's a good question. I wonder if there were just more concerns about Kyung Rune's erraticness. And just not knowing who he would be likely to pick for the death match. I don't think so. I think I think it's uh, well. Kyunghyun wouldn't have gone to the wouldn't have been the one picking for the death match. But uh, it's, it still would have been Jungmin. She still would have been in last place in this scenario. I just think they didn't have enough time to go through all the permutations of it. I think if they had more time, maybe they could have stopped and figured it out. Or maybe if Hyunmin was in on the con to save Sangmin, he would have been like, "Well, why don't you just do this? That way, you'll be safe in case of this." Just if you had another strong math person. Yeah, I 
I'm curious there because I feel like there's that moment where we see Hyeonmin is piping up because he's got some calculation questions. And I didn't work through the math as we were thinking through it, but perhaps there was some element of of the math that I'm missing here. Because it seemed like everyone was pretty adamant that for any of these plans to work, that Sangmin and Kyunghyun had to pick the same thing. I don't think they did, though. I, I yeah. yeah, looking back, and I don't think maybe someone can correct us. Uh, at who is Scott Green? Let me know how wrong I am. But uh, no, I, I think you just need that second person, and you can have the three points, and Jungmoon can get her two points. And Sangman avoids solo last place. Uh, if only. From from your lips to bandage man's ears on that we'll one. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. You'll feel no. better. You'll ultimately mm-hmm. feel better. Okay. You'll feel better. We'll, we'll get you through it, but we're not there yet. So, um, man, I have my notes. Kyunghoon equals, and then on all caps, stupid, question mark. I think you can put a period at the end of that. I mean, we, we might feel differently when we start talking about the death match itself, but... I cannot imagine any sound defense of any of the moves well, that Kyunghoon made for the main match. I caught myself, and then my next thing I wrote in my notes was, good move maybe saves him from deathmatch. Because the truth is, uh, we we watching know, or at least are led to believe that had Jungmoon been the sole loser, which would have happened had he kept his mouth shut, she would have picked Kyunghoon for the deathmatch. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't necessarily have reason to believe that Sangmin is going to pick him. In fact, Sangmin is considering not picking him, maybe. The show makes it seem like. I don't know. But in any case, it's it's a question of definitely going to the death match versus maybe going to the death match. So Kyung-hoon, although he was trying to do something else, may have accidentally done something that increased his equity, even though he ultimately did get picked for the death match. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I completely agree that he accidentally did something that ended up being slightly better for him. But I, I cannot imagine that any of these moves during the main match, at least, were intentional. I'll give him more credit for the death match because I actually thought that was a pretty great performance throughout the death match. But main match wise, just a comedy of errors. Yeah, my handwriting gets more angry as I. But here we go: Sangman versus Kyunghoon. Sangman vetoes Gil Hap and Monorail because Kyunghoon has perfected Monorail. Honestly, if Kyunghoon had told me that he had solved Monorail, I would have wanted Monorail to be picked. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain Kyunghoon would have messed it up somehow. He would have wet the bed. Yeah, they would have done the same thing like last episode where it would have been like, here it is, I've got the solution. And then immediately Jung- Sangman just puts the the track pieces down, beats it, and he goes, oh, sorry, guys, sorry, my mistake. I thought I had it. Whoops. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Kyung-hoon vetoes Indian poker and double-sided poker, which, again, I don't know how many mistakes Kyung-hoon can make in one episode and still survive it, but... Indian poker was the game Sangman was terrible at against Yoan in the season two finals. Yeah, yeah. If I were him, I definitely would have vetoed something like Quattro there. Yeah. There's just too much of a chance. I would have vetoed rock, paper, scissors too. I just I would have vetoed the social games. I don't want to play Sangman in a social game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. If I have to choose two, that's probably the second one that I choose. Anything where there's a chance that Sangman's gonna get more information than I am, and that's gonna put me at a disadvantage during the game, you've got to imagine it's gonna play out that way no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I suspect Simon's probably not a great deathmatch player generally. Um, from what we've seen so far, it seems he he very possibly isn't just isn't good at deathmatches, and his strength is that he can avoid being uh, he can avoid going to the deathmatches. Uh, but he winds up with betting rock paper scissors, which again, just like uh, Jung Hoon getting the black and white game in episode one, uh, how perfect that uh, that Jung Hoon gets the game that he was eliminated with. Betting rock, paper, scissors. Except this time there's no lawyer Kang to threaten people. 
No Lawyer Kang, they also changed the strategy up a bit here. So you can now bet on draw, which is an yes. interesting edit to the Major. rules. Well, it avoids the, the very boring endgame of uh, forcing draws when you have the win locked up. Right, right, which I, I think was a good addition to the game, even yes. though I, I appreciated the fact that people figured out the strategic element of you know playing the draw intentionally. But the fact that's gone here definitely means that every round matters. And as we'll see here, it rings a lot of drama out of the last round as we progress. Yes. Um, yes. So they're both trying to get complete information. It seems that they both do. Uh, Sangmin and Kyung Hoon are both advised by Dong Min and Yu Yun, respectively, that they should, uh, they should lose in the first round because their opponent will likely bet on win. And their opponent going down one chip to zero chips, that's a major deficit. It forces the opponent to win a round in order to, to get back a chip. Right. Which, which means you can bet on win, which is very predictable. And if you, in that scenario, um, if, so the, if the person with zero uh, loses deliberately to make you lose the one chip you've bet on win, it's zero to zero. But now, subsequently, you can win the next match, and there's nothing your opponent can do. They can't place a bet on win, so you just get a free win out of it. So, essentially, that is... That is a very strong strategy to lose the first round if you believe your opponent is going to bet. To lose the first round if you believe your opponent is going to bet on win. Yep. So Sangmin gets the chance to do this. He wins the coin toss and he chooses to not play but bet, which leaves Dongmin wondering, what, were you listening to me earlier? <laughs> As usual, fussy Dongmin complains a little bit when somebody doesn't perfectly follow his advice in this instance. But this is the one round where Sangmin comes out smelling like roses. Um, yeah. I, as we get into it, though, there's just one thing that I was thinking when I was watching, and, and admittedly, as soon as I saw who was in the death match, I skipped ahead to the end of the episode to see what was going to happen because I couldn't, my heart just couldn't take it. You really, you did? Uh, I did. I was oh, sitting on a man. plane, so I watched this on an airplane, and the woman next to me just must have thought that I was having a heart attack and or that I spoke Korean because how would I have any idea what's going on? How could, but I'm how sure could you do that? Oh, man, that's red, uh, get upset. So I go back and I'm watching just to now watch it, you know, and so inorganic. pop up my tears throughout the episode. But I was struck by thinking, like, Sangman, why go along with the plan of sharing information, like each of you getting complete information? I get that you have the mental advantage, and I, I don't really doubt that, although it doesn't play out that way. Uh, but you have the social advantage. If you just let it play out... You're going to get more people's information than Kyung Hoon is. Nobody likes Kyung Hoon. Yeah, but the key in betting rock, paper, scissors is still, it's not necessarily information. It's what you think the person will do with the information. So just like knowing what the other person thinks is going to happen, like, okay, maybe maybe you can get Kyung Hoon to not win in rounds that he's trying to win to get some some points. But the, the base of the game, at its core, it's still about knowing what your opponent is going to try to do. If, if Kyung Hoon thinks that, uh, Dongmin has picked rock when Dongmin has actually picked scissors. Uh, you still have to know that Kyung Hoon is going to try to beat Dong- Dongmin or that he's going to try to lose to Dongmin. Like, you still have to figure that out. And that's, that skill is the same regardless of how much information you have. Right. I'm, I'm completely with you there. I think what I'm saying more is that Songmin is so good at planning a strategy, setting traps, whatever you want to call it. I could absolutely have seen a, a scenario where he very strategically communicated to Kyung Ran, to Dong Min, maybe one of the Dr. Yoon Sung, one other person, uh, just to pretend as though this is the strategy that everyone's following, pretend as though everyone's giving everyone complete information, and just have some people who are strategically seated in where you know that actually they have fed him completely false information and you can use that to get an advantage. Because you so can what's the advantage? Uh, you'll know what his expectations are at least for what people are gonna play. 
you have some idea of what his best play is given the round, and then you'll know whether or not it's likely that he, you know, is going to be playing. Like, let's assume that you are pretty confident that he's not going to be playing draw for something. You have a good idea of does he have the information where if he wants to win, he'll be able to. If he wants to lose, he'll be able to. And in rounds where you feel like there's a good chance that you have him pretty much pegged, where there, there are some of those in the game, not that many, but there are some, you at least are going to have a leg up there in knowing whether or not he is actually playing what he thinks. Yeah, I guess the advantage, now that I think about it, the advantage is that uh, you, might, you might trick him into drawing in rounds where uh, he would never want to draw and you can triple your, your investment on your draw bet. So, um, yeah, come to think of it, I guess that, that is a, a major advantage of giving him uh, not just no information, but specifically of giving him wrong information. Yeah, I, I think he could have found a way to use it. So just long story short, I, I like the idea more where Sangman really makes the most of his social advantage and tries to plant some traps, some traps in the in the pregame discussions. Well, anyway, in the second round, uh, again, Sangman is betting because Kyungin is likely to play. Sangman again bets on lose. Uh, and uh, Kyung Hoon goes ahead and wins the round. So Sangman loses his bet, and Kyung Hoon has taken a two to one lead over Sangman. And this is this lead is never undone by Sangman. This is it. Sangman is behind now for the rest of the game. And it, it's just an amazing beating. Like the master of perception, like he very clearly is just sort of his, his powers are are neutralized by just the complete chaos of Kyung-hoon. He just can't read him. Well, he yeah, does. here's what happens. So in the third round, uh, Sangman, uh, Sangman wins against uh, uh, lawyer Yoon-sun, and Kyung-hoon all-ins his two chips on win. So now Kyung-hoon has four chips. Sangman only gets one for winning the game. It's four to two. If Sangman had, had, had the intuition of what Kyung-hoon was going to do, he could have bet on lose, and he would have had a one-to-nothing advantage again. So in the, in the fourth round, uh, Kyung-hoon plays, Kyung-hoon wins. Sangman, meanwhile, has all in on lose because Sangman is now in his own head. Kyung-hoon is up 6 nothing, and I am preparing for what is about to happen. You already knew because you would skip to the end. Oh, the pain. It still hurt, though. It still hurt. I hope it hurt more. It probably did. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next round, uh, Sangman loses, but Kyung-hoon bets a chip on lose because he, he, just, he just dominates. He just knew everything Sangman was going to do. He knew everything Sangman was going to think, and he kept zagging wherever Sangman was was zigging. Yeah, as much as I and, and as much as I was saying, I don't give him any credit for a, a pathetic main match. I give him a lot of credit for a pretty darn impressive. Perfect, he played match. it perfect. It's great. Round, round six, he plays, he wins again. Sangman bets on lose. He's up nine to nothing. Sangman is forced to win in the next one. Uh, Sangman gets to within ten to three. Then a round later, he's back down thirteen to nothing. Uh, 14 to 3, 18 to 6. And then we get to round 11, the final round, Kungran's round. Yeah, and, and there's some intrigue here. So we find out that the, despite the agreement that everyone is going to share, you know, complete information, Kungran just wants to help Sangmin. She's a fan. You know, they've gotten along, they've been working together. She's his Kyung fan. Yep, absolutely. No, that's Dom copyright, Harvey. copyright Dom Harvey. <laughs> Love you, Dom. Um, so she's going to make a move here. She essentially, she, she gives, she gives Kyung Hoon basically conflicting information. So it seems like she's given him two different stories in two different rounds. Uh, and, and she thinks, you know, she may have gotten him here. She may have given him just enough confusing information to, you know, let him astray for this final round. And because of the way that the rules work, uh, if Sangman bets on draw and he's correct, 
he can tie it up and send it into overtime, which would be two additional rounds. Mm-hmm. Now, here's here's what I don't like about this this strategy. Um, so what happened was uh, Qumran had picked uh, – she had picked paper, and uh, they told uh, Kyung-hoon that she had picked scissors, right? Yep. Now, it's the last round. Ostensibly, Kyung-hoon would rather win the round than lose it and take the five chips in case anything else funky or odd happens. Uh, he can win the round, take the extra five chips, Sangman can go all in. And then he winds up with 27 chips. So, uh, I mean, he's locked into the win if the information's correct. Uh, but, you know, he he might as well go ahead for, for the win. Now, presuming that you think he might go for the win, or at the time the information's being given to him, that there are situations where he would have to go for the win, where the five points might be enough to lock it up or otherwise wouldn't, you'd want the, the thing he bets on for the win to be the thing that causes the tie, right? So since Kungran has, uh, has, put her, has has picked paper... Um, what you want Kyung-hoon to pick is paper. And in order to get Kyung-hoon to pick paper, you want to tell him that Kyung-ran has picked rock. If you yeah. tell him that she's picked scissors, then he's going to pick rock. He's going to lose to the paper, but the tie, the draw bet, would not come through. Yeah, and I, I've got to say, I took some of the the intrigue out of that round. Well, that and the fact that I knew how it was going to play out. But even, I, even, I can't you did that. even as I was watching it, I was like, I was right there with you, which is to say that they haven't actually set him up to make the choice that helps Sangman. They've just set him up to... To be wrong. Yeah, to be wrong, which is not going to be particularly helpful here. Right. And it doesn't matter because Kyung-hoon has correctly figured out what's going on, and he picks scissors to win. Uh, ironically, had they been honest and just been, like, shady about their honesty, like, yeah, yeah, it's paper, definitely paper, don't worry, it's paper, then he might have been like, well, they were lying, so let me pick paper, the one thing I know won't be a draw, and then it would have been a draw, and then everyone would have drier sleeves that they hadn't cried on all day. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've talked about there's some beauty in Sangman becoming Kyungran, but in becoming Kyunghoon, excuse me. But in that moment, Kyunghoon became Sangman. Like he was the master of perception. He accurately read the situation. He figured out he was being lied to and he used it to his advantage. It was, it was pretty impressive. Good for him. I mean, you know, you can't blame him for, for winning the death match, you know, even though he caused Sangman's problems, had he not been in the death match, you would expect he'd help Sangman all he could. But once he's there, he's got to play to win. And he played great. He turned it on. He, he he did all the things he had to do. Or maybe he turned it off. Maybe Sangman was, was presuming Kyung-hoon would play the way he'd play if he were clear-headed. And because he wasn't clear-headed, he played badly. And so Sangman's perception was, I don't know. I, he, I, he was I can't, just full joker. I can't twist this to make Sangman sound good. Sangman mm-hmm. self-destructed. And, no, I, he just, the, the he one thing that really... He got in his own head. He overplayed it. And he, he got what you get when you overplay and you get inside your own head. He did. He overplayed it. He also just, he, he met up with somebody who just couldn't be read. Because he, not that Kyung-hoon played poorly because he played great, but... I, it's hard to imagine that Kyung-hoon knew what he was going to be doing there half the time. I, I think that there was a lot of luck here. I'm sure there was some strategy, but I also think he he benefited from some great breaks in the way that Sangmin often benefits from those great breaks in season two and season one and beyond. Um, I mean, I mean, the moment that that really comes to me is, you know, there's the moment where he's pouting and saying, oh, please, please, let me change my card. Let me change my card. And, you know, he explains halfway through that he recognizes that actually he wasn't in such a bad situation to begin with. But he says that he basically made a mistake. Like he thought he was playing against, I believe, one of the real competitors. He was actually playing against one of the card competitors. Uh, once he realizes that, he stops begging. But for that moment where he's really f- actually frantic, he's doing the usual Kyung-hoon thing. He's, he's crying and pouting and begging and just generally looking ridiculous. 
Uh, so as much as I want to give him, you know, yeah, but he, he said he figured out that that what he had done had given Sangman the impression that it was a draw, so he played it up. He yeah, emotions. I think I that's true from the like maybe halfway through. Yeah, but like, I was surprised that it, it's just like, it. what are you doing? I was surprised Sangman bit on that. I mean, I, I I felt like it was coming through the screen even before we knew what had happened. That like it just seemed too over the top. It's it it felt too over the top, and uh, you know, again, Sangman at this point is already rattled. He was already behind. And he just compounded his his mistakes. Before yeah. I forget, though, I do I do want to give credit where it's due to Yu Yun, who co- coached Kyung Hoon on this game. And as as Kyung Hoon pointed out, had he followed Yu Yun's strategy in season three, he probably would have beat Lawyer Kang in that game. So uh, you know, as much credit as we do give to Kyung Hoon, who who was good in the arena and played great, you got to give some credit also to Yu Yun for for writing the playbook. Yeah, and I don't uh, – there's nothing to be read into Winner's Edit on The Genius because, as you've mentioned, the show is basically only a couple of weeks ahead in each episode. But I find it interesting that Yu Yun's been pretty invisible in a lot of the main matches, but the show has made a point of calling him out, whether it's through confessionals or through these little you know asides at the end of a lot of the episodes to point out that he's doing things well. So well, in episode one, they point out that he spotted the fact that Sangman switched the cards here he gets, you know, just like you're saying, he, he very clearly is pitched as the guy because he was the guy who coached up uh, Kyung Hoon as it goes. So they, they don't want that stuff to be forgotten. You're seeing that he's playing really well in lots of ways. It just hasn't really translated to main match wins so far. So this isn't a spoiler. This is this is mostly speculation. But if you want to avoid sort of uh, my thought about what could be happening going forward, uh, skip forward uh, about a minute, I would say, in the podcast, and I should be done talking about this. But um, in season two, I noticed that you know, the, the producers do know uh, when they put the episode together, they know who the next few people out are. So in season two, in the first couple episodes, there was like none of Yoon-kyul. There was like none of Daye. There was, there was none of Jake Young in the first episode. Uh, there was Lur Yoon-sun, but she was an important player in that first episode, in the first few episodes. But I got the sense then that a very likely reason why those people didn't have a lot of attention focused on them uh, was that they just weren't going to matter that much and they were going to be out soon. And sure enough, they were. So uh, to me, to my way of thinking, people who are completely invisible uh, in the first few episodes of the season, there's a good chance the producers know, well, they're gone in week four, week five, week six. They're, they're, they're definitely not going to be in the end game. They're definitely not winning the season. So we can safely uh, ignore them. So uh, that's, that's my thought. And uh, uh, we can go back to not talking about what's likely to happen in the future. Yep. We're back. We're back to episode three. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that's that's my take on um, on you know, that little bit of production and and how it works. But uh, all right, so we have lost Lee Sangman. Yeah, I and I mean we can talk about the fact that he goes out. He's very classy in his exit. Very notes, great exit. Yep, he notes the fact that the show has really revitalized his career, which, as I understand it, is very true. Like he's on every single show on that network on on TVN. He's just fifteen. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Is their fifteenth anniversary? Like, are they Channel Fifteen? If anyone knows, I would love to know. Fighting, if you tell me, absolutely. Fried rice. <laughs> I'm just curious. Words. I, yeah. I can say fifteen fighting fried rice. Yeah, I think Ian Terry had a tweet where he said uh, he's learned three words in Korean from this show. He's learned hello, friend, and monorail. Well, I <laughs> I know the actual way to say hello again because of our, our yeah. favorite show, Arrested Development. Because of the ado- favorite adopted blue son, Anyang. Absolutely. Anyang. But my real name is... <laughs> hello. hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Sangman is gone. And... He's, he's the only person that 
dealer Nuna allows to touch her, which is a, a nice gesture. You just know Dongmin is seething that his well, friend might, won't actually let anybody him. shake her hand once they're eliminated. I, I suspect she just doesn't want to show favoritism. <laughs> I imagine that if, Dong, if Dongmin gets eliminated this season and she goes up there to, to shake her hand, she's just going to stone just stone face him the entire time and stare him down as he walks off the set. I, I want to see him eliminated. And she goes up and she goes, hey, friend, friend, how do you like me now, friend? Hey, friend, how do you like those cards I dealt you, friend? Yeah, just, just over there, friend. Dealer mental break at the Dongman <laughs> elimination. Um, but so yeah, it's it's this is a sad exit. Obviously, there are very few people who have watched this much of the genius and don't have a fond place in their TV watching hearts for Sangmen. Uh, but we thought it'd be nice to spend a few minutes. I think we both have plenty of you know notes on how awesome he has been throughout the the entirety of this series, and I, I thought it'd be nice for us to. Just share some thoughts about the legacy of Sangman as, in my opinion, the best reality TV competitor of all time. Wow. Wow. That's that's pretty big. I put him up there with Dr. Will. I put him up there with, you know, the Dan Geeslings of the world. Even but, higher than uh, Purple Kelly? I, You know, I mean, as far as just purely in the people who are not playing with Nayanka Division, Sangman's way up at the top. But all right, kudos but- to Purple Kelly. Yeah, Purple Kelly's uh, strategic mind and intuition were um, uh, her. I don't know. Her, were there any? I, I don't. I don't remember them showing. Her that. ability to wear purple was unmatched. Yeah. Well, Sangman probably could have done it if he'd made it a few more episodes. He would have gotten a purple. That's true. Probably. Um, yeah. So, so I enjoy watching Sangman do things on TV. Um, you know, the end of season two was one of my most gleeful moments watching reality television. Ever. It was one of my purest moments of, of joy watching something that had happened uh, who knows how long ago in a South Korean soundstage, uh, just just loving what, what the outcome was. But this is okay. We're all going to be okay. Sangman is, is our collective reality game show id. Sangman is not Hyunman. He's not going to figure out all the numbers and, and come up with a logical, strategic way to win the game. He's going to come up with the pure emotional way to win the game. He's going to come up with the interpersonal way to win the game. And the problem with season four Sangman is that season four Sangman knows this, and he's playing his own greatest hits. He is Russell Hance in Survivor Redemption Island saying, well, I have to hit this beat and this beat and this beat because I'm me and this is what I do. You saw in episode one where he went out of his way to make a play that didn't make a lot of sense to to screw over uh, 10 people for one garnet. Um, You saw him in this episode – uh, also playing too cute, too fancy, too hard, too fast, too soon. And uh, every, you know, sh- sure, you can say that Kyung Hoon messed it up every step along the way, but Sangman didn't have to put himself in a position where Kyung Hoon could mess up his game. He, he didn't need to do that to himself. So I think what you were seeing this season was sort of a caricature of Sangman. And you also saw him against competition that wasn't going to let him get away with it forever, despite how, how willing Dongman was to work with him and how upset Kyung Ran was that Sangman was leaving. It, there's only a certain point to which that was going to be tolerated. I think Sangman's upper limit before he was going to a death match anyway was maybe a couple more episodes, maybe. I mean, you know, once you get down to that core of people he'd been working with, he's certainly one of the first ones who's likely to go. So I don't think the upside was particularly high. But I also don't think this is pure Sangman. This isn't the Sangman who stole Jinho's garnet in episode one of season one. It's, it's just not the same guy. This is a guy who's watched himself on TV, who's read all his press clippings, and who's trying to be Sangman. And it's it's just not as good as it used to be. And frankly, he was taking up all the oxygen on the show. So as much as I love him and as much as I love watching him and my pure emotional reaction was sadness uh, that, that he was gone, I think the show might 
might even be better from a pure show and strategy standpoint now that he's not in there uh, forcing everyone to to make U-turns every 15 minutes during the main matches. So I'll, I'll ask you on this. Do you think that he had it in him to play you know, in the style of early season two Sangman and try to come back, even though he is the king, as he pointed out many, many times here, and play as you know a mere servant of the kingdom and just play under the radar, let some of the other big players fight it out and just be content to survive into the late game. He can do it sometimes. I don't think he can, he can put a run of that together. He did it last week. I mean, in episode two, uh, he, you know, as we talked about in episode two, he basically just went with the group. He was willing to do whatever. And it worked out for him because of the way that the game was designed. And that's certainly part of what happened in season two was the way these games were designed. Just victories just fell on his lap some of the time. I mean, not every single one of his, uh, what nine main match victories in season two was because he played the best in that game. Some of them fell on his lap, uh, and certainly that can happen. But I did not see that the a possibility that he could contain himself for any significant stretch of time in season four. I think that every time he saw a real chance, which he didn't have in episode two, every time he has a real chance to betray and to turn the tables, I think he was he had decided he was going to take it. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I also have a slightly different spin on it, which is just to say that I I don't have any expectation of him having been able to sustain himself for very long playing an under-the-radar game. It, it's just not who he is at this point. This version of you know Genius Season 2 winner Sangman just is not content to be under the radar for that long. And so I, I actually, despite the fact that he goes out in Episode 3 here, I'm pretty gratified by his performance in in season four. Yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah, you know, it, it was thoroughly enjoyable to watch him through three episodes. I think that he proved that his win in season two was clearly not a fluke because he's got some abilities on this show that just nobody else has. You know, nobody said it better than Dongman when he just sort of after he's caught by Sangman hiding under the table, he just kind of shakes his head and he says, ah, "I've never met anyone like this guy." And I think that's a fair assessment. He's got some skills that he's able to put into play in this environment that. You know, nobody else has played and, and nobody else would be able to play in as successful a way. And does that mean that he can win a season of all stars? It you know, pretty clearly means that he couldn't. And I think if you play the season a hundred times, you know, I'd be shocked if he wins one of them because he's just too big of a target, but gosh, while he is there, he is a heck of a lot of fun to watch and I'll, I'll miss seeing him on TV, despite the fact that he did in fact, you know, suck up all the oxygen, oxygen in a lot of these episodes. I. Uh, the guy is pretty darn entertaining, and now it's true. It gives a lot of other people a chance to shine, but you know, hopefully he'll be, I, as far as I'm concerned, hopefully he's back in the late game on one of those you know, early eliminated players' yeah, guest appearances. Or whatever. I mean, I would love one more Sangman appearance. For I just want him back in like season so. six or seven when maybe people have not forgotten about him, but just forgotten about the extent to which he, he does what he does. I mean, it's something that Jay Fisher said on Domin Collins' podcast. I think it was Jay who said it. Mm-hmm. And something that prior to that I had said independently to you when we were talking, which is that um, it's Sangman is Aesop Scorpion, that he's that the, the what was it, the frog and the scorpion where the scorpion asked the frog for a ride and the frog says, okay, but you can't sting me. The scorpion says fine. And as the frog is giving the scorpion a ride across the, the river, the scorpion stings the frog. And as the frog is, is dying, he says to the scorpion, well, why'd you do it? You know, you're, you're going to die too because of this. You know, why, why did you sting me if it's going to kill us both? And the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. It's my nature. That, that's Sangman. Sangman is a scorpion. He's, he's, he's just going to sting you. He's just going to sting you. He can't help it. It's exactly. It's how he plays these games. It's what, you know, brings him joy. But it's also something, 
that's never never going to work against this field that has Dongman and Youngman. Oh, yeah. no, I totally you got, agree. You I got think that- who's going to see it all and Dongman who's going to enforce. And other players, you know, Yuyan and even Junseok, who was really sharp this episode, who are just not going to let themselves be victims of, of what's going on. I think that this is going to be a problem for Kyunghyun moving forward, that these same people aren't going to be interested in uh, working with, with Sangman. With, uh, with Kyung Hoon moving forward. Um, but I, I also want to say one more thing that, that to this point, as of episode three of season four, Sangman's been in the genius more than anyone else. He made it to all but one episode in season one. He made it through obviously all of them in season two. He yeah. was in an episode in season three and he was in the first three episodes of season four. Yeah, And I'll, I'll just point out he's in, I mean, he's in the finale of season one. He actually plays a decently big role in the finale of season one. They give him quite a bit of airtime. And so yeah. exactly what you're saying here, he's been the dominant force of the genius he is the star of the show what i'm saying is you know and that's fine i mean maybe maybe to you or maybe to some people that's something like if i'm watching him i want to watch him playing in the main you know i want to watch him playing with a chance to win the season Mm -hmm. i'm not as interested in seeing him come back for a main match to try to like steal some garnets from the player like i want to see him actually playing to win if he's going to be playing you know like to win the whole thing um and and you got that in in uh, 11 episodes of season one 12 and two and three episodes in in season four so, you know, what, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. Like, no, I think more than anybody else. It's time even, for someone even else. Jinho's not been around that much. Jinho yeah. was eliminated uh, in the middle of season two. So Sangman's been around more than Jinho. Dongmin and Hyunmin have, have been in one full season each. Even if they made it to the last episode, even if it was Dongmin and Hyunmin in the final episode of season four facing off against each other, you've still seen more Sangman than either of those two guys. So yep. it's okay. We're all going to be okay. We've had lots of Sangman. You can go back and rewatch Sangman in seasons one and two. Watch the classic Sangman moments. You can watch him win the season again. And there's only three people at this point who have ever won the Genius. There, there may or may not be a fourth person at it, or Jinho or Dongman could win again. You know, Sangman is still up there. He's still elite. His his legacy is is not is not killed by this. Uh, you know, this is a different Sangman in a different scenario where everyone knows him and they know what to expect, and he can't get away with everything. And he he you you can't. It's like you can't go home again. Like you can't, you can't experience Sangman for the first time again. No, I'm you know, with you there, and I, I agree. Like I'm not, I will not cry because it's over. I will smile because it happened. Uh, and <laughs> and if, you can watch it all again. You can any and, episode you want. Watch and, it again. You can. And watch if anything, episode. yeah. And if anything, I think that his reputation is actually improved by his showing on season four because just like you're saying, he was always going to be this. He was never really going to stand a chance to actually win this season, just given his play style. But for what that play style was, he's able to you know, be incredibly effective in multiple episodes playing against All-Stars. And I, I tip my cap to him for that. It, he flames out, but it's a great show while it lasts. And for people who care about this, and, and please don't be a person who cares about this. If you care about how your reality show contestants are uh, as people, um, and you're just you're setting yourself up for disappointment. But you can take some solace in Sangman's very gracious exit. Uh, the fact that he he wished everyone luck, he gave a big hug to Kyung Hoon and said, "Go ahead and win." Uh, he had you know he had a, a very nice exit. He's okay with it, so you have permission to be okay with it too. He didn't he didn't cry. He didn't say, "There's a flaw in the game," because I'm the greatest genius of all time. <laughs> he kept it to himself, even if he was thinking it. <laughs> all kudos to Sangman. Yeah. Uh, so, you have any other thoughts on episode three of season four? I, I think it was an absolute powerhouse episode, yep. one of, if not the best episode of the series to date, which puts it in rare company of like any reality TV show I've ever seen. 
I have a hard time judging it just because the, again, as, as okay as I am with not having same. And I, I still like watching him and I was still hoping he would pull it out. And I just spent too much of the episode nervous to feel like I can put it in that proper context mm-hmm. so soon after watching it. I, I think time may, may, uh, may prove that that is correct. Or we may get so many great episodes this season that we'll look back and say, Oh yeah. remember when we thought that Sangman episode was so great. I mean, is it really, is it really as good as like episode six of season two with the whole Doohy debacle? So is- I think it's actually pretty similar. Just like if I, I'm going to go back and rewatch this, this at some point sometime soon. And even on the first watch, just what I noticed is there are so many different pop plot lines. There's so much happening. There are so many moves and counter moves and alliances and counter alliances being formed here. It's really impressive high level play of a strategy game in any setting, particularly on the genius, you know, our favorite Korean celebrity game show. These guys are playing to win. And this episode really shows that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly not a bad episode um, from the sense of, you know, episode quality and strategy and, and editing and production and everything. It's it's a bad episode, I guess, if all you're using to judge it is did your favorite player get eliminated? <laughs> did uh, Sangman survive? So. Yes, no. Follow the flowchart path down. <laughs> yes. Terrible episode. Right. I mean, it's you could say bad outcome, but yeah, no doubt it's it's a good episode. Probably a great episode. One of the greatest. I, I think we're too close to it still, but mm-hmm. um, it's, yeah, it's one that's going to be worthy of a rewatch at some I point. Think, I think let's revisit at the end of the season, but so far for me, very impressed with, with episode three, completely enjoyed it despite the outcome. Yep. Agreed. It was, um, it's what you want out of a show like this. And just based on the outcomes from the first three seasons, excluding Sangman's exit in season one, for the most part, everything that happens in the show is pretty satisfying. Uh, there's not a whole lot that makes that, you know, stops your heart. It makes you say, God damn it. Why'd it have to be him or her? You know, for, for the most part, you, you get a satisfying winner in season one, someone who really earned it, who played well in season two. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know anyone who, who wasn't like jumping up and down and, and running around the room and doing laps Jung Hyun style with the outcome from season two. And even in season three, you know, you, you have this guy who's a real presence through the whole season, um, who, who's able to execute a strategy that seemed like it probably wouldn't work. Uh, and is able to turn that into a win, and, and really either outcome in season three uh, uh, of either of the two finalists winning would have been would have been perfectly satisfying. That That's true. I, I just think that like you know with this show you, you get spoiled with the right thing happening every time or the thing you want big picture wise happening all the time, and I think it's refreshing that that didn't happen here, and we're sort of shocked back into oh my goodness, like I don't know who's going to be eliminated next. I don't know like how to feel about this person going to the death match or that person going to the. It's all on the table now, and. And we're sort of shocked back into the reality that this isn't some like miracle world where all our favorite players just dance their way to the finals and then win. So something interesting to think about now that, you know, we have not yet seen episodes four or beyond. What's your best guess on, on where we go from here? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. That's something I wanted to talk about. You want to go through the, the roster of who's left and talk about their prospects? Let's do it. Okay. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Kyung Hoon. I, I've got to imagine that of all the people left, he has the smallest chance of winning this game. I, if I'm anyone else, I am very happy to forcibly send Kyung Hoon to the death match as long as I don't necessarily think I'm the person who's going to get picked up against him. Uh, he showed that he can be, you know, a perfectly effective death match competitor. Uh, but I would still imagine that, you know, folks like Hyun Min or some others are going to look for an opportunity, you know, maybe when the pool of death matches are narrowed to say, you know, this is a death match where I have a clear advantage. I really want to get Kyung Hoon out because he is a force for he's a destabilizing force to alliances and strategy in this game. So I'd imagine that, you know, 
at some point, either you know, in the middle game or sooner, he is going to be out. I cannot imagine a world in which he wins season four. Yeah, I think he's in trouble every single week. I, I just don't see the the big difference between Kyung Hoon and Sangman is that Sangman is competent in his betrayals and in his, you know, like you, you, well, you can at least very sort of effective trust. at rebuilding relationships. He can, yes, he can but, build and rebuild them. But also you can trust that he's going to do what's in his best interest, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry like, what's he going to do? What's he, gonna, he's Sangman is, is going to look out for Sangman, but Kyung Hoon is going to do random crazy things that don't even necessarily benefit him. He took the convict card back from Yohan in episode one. Why? Why did you do that? You, know who has it? you don't have to take it. Don't, don't take it back. What are you doing? So he's like he's, he's like the nice Joker. He's the Joker, but not evil. <laughs> he's the Joker who who feels bad that he gave each boat a detonator. Exactly. He's like, ah, oh, I'll take one of those detonators <laughs> back, you guys. I apologize. But take the bomb from the convict boat and just just put it in this building that I'm in. S- sorry, everyone. Uh, yeah. So he's he's in trouble. I mean, his his chance of winning is very small. His chance of lasting a few more episodes is is slightly better, but still bad. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Do we have any thoughts on Jung Moon? Jung Moon, I, I feel like it's kind of still early for me to get a read on her. Like, I know that she's smart. She has lots of credit for that. But she's been hovering around the bottom in a lot of these main matches. Uh, she pulled a great move in episode one to yep. get rid of that card. So, Don't clearly, she's got some savvy. Yep. I, I, I could see her playing well. I could also equally see her you know, flaming out sometime soon. But just the fact that she's got some credibility and people clearly view her as one of the smartest people there would make me think that unless she is in last place, that she's not immediately on the top of people's minds uh, as someone that they're going to select for a death match. Can she win? uh, If she gets all the way to the end, I could see her being a strong death match competitor. Can she get to the end? I cannot imagine her getting to the end. Yeah. I I think, I don't think she can win. I think she's out and uh, you'll be able to tell from the names that I'm giving you. We're we're starting with people who I think probably can't win and we'll work our way to people who, who probably could win. So let's go. To Dr. Yun Sung. He, he is the person that I put actually at the lowest equity of anyone who is left right now. Including uh, Kyung Hoon? Including Kyung Hoon. Well, that's wrong. Just because Kyung Hoon has some real deathmatch prowess. Uh, yeah, Yun but so does, so does Yun Sung. He, he did well in deathmatches in season three. He, I think he's good at following a strategy. He's good at receiving coaching and playing out coaching. Um, in a case where he's up against a very strong deathmatch competitor and he doesn't have somebody to give him a lot of effective coaching, I would pick against him about a hundred times out of a hundred. So here's, here's I, I agree that he can't win, but I, I don't think it's as dire as you do. I think he certainly got a better shot than Kyung Hoon. Kyung was out second in season three and he's just making every mistake possible here. The, the reason why I, I definitely put Yunsung above him in terms of, of win equity is that, um, uh, Yunsung got to third place. I mean, he survived death matches and got to third place in a season. He was one death match away from getting to the finals. And whether or not you think he could have won in the finals, I mean, everyone has a chance in the finals. There's there's some chance you could just mistake your way into a win. Uh, so I, I have to give him a better, bigger chance than Kingham. But I still right. he's still in my unwinnable category because uh, because Yohan picked him for the death match. And what that means is that he's seen as a as a weak death match opponent. Yohan yeah. didn't pick him for honor. He picked him because he thought he could beat him. Absolutely. And I will know that there's a guy who is currently walking into the ocean that was also a third place finisher on the genius. So crazier things have happened. No, I'm not, well, but I, I, I'm not saying that either Yeonsung or Jung Hyun will win season four. In fact, uh, I would bet against Jung Hyun winning season four. But <laughs> <laughs> plus, uh, if you, if you, call. I am with you there. If you bet on him, your money would be pretty wet right now. Yep. 
Um, but you know, I, I still, I would, I would have taken Jung Hyun over Kyung Hoon at the start of the season also. Uh, and partly for that reason, I mean, say what you will about Jung Hyun, who I think a lot of people have, have sort of always taken as kind of a joke. He won three death matches. He knocked three people out. It, that's two. very true. I think he, just like Dr. Yoon Zung did, he got some great coaching and he was able to implement a strategy. Uh, there were many cases where I thought that in spite of having a good strategy and the, having the better strategy, he was still going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, but he managed to survive. And, you know, I'll, I'll give that same analogy to Yoon Sung. He's shown to be better at implementing a strategy, I would say, than Jung Young did. But I still don't have much faith that even if you had asked me this question at the beginning of the season before I saw anything, I absolutely would have said that Kyung Hoon, you know, has the worst odds of winning. But after seeing his performance and the fact that just people really can't get a read on him, I would probably pick Kyung Hoon in a death match head to head with Dr. Yun Sung. And that, that just means I'm going to put Young Sung at the bottom of my list right now. All right. Let's move on to lawyer Yun Sung. I, I've been pleasantly surprised so far. I think that she, I mean, I mean, we have the, the fire exchange in the beginning of this episode where, you know, she can't help herself and kind of, you know, loses her cool going back and forth with Kyungran. But during a lot of the main matches, even when she gets isolated, she has kept her cool. She has looked for opportunities to play both sides, to find a good strategic you know, maneuver. She is slowly but surely, you know, inching her way into some big alliances. The fact that, you know, virtually the entirety of the cast teamed up this episode can only help her because a lot more people got the experience of working with her than she would have seen before. Um, I still think that just the fact that she is one of the you know, regardless of all of that, she's still one of the least effective social gamers in the cast, and, and the social game carries you a long way here. So I, I put her equity pretty low, all things considered. But I would say relative to what I saw out of her in you know our prior experience, uh, she's doing pretty well. I'm impressed to see her. I don't expect her to win, but I'm, I'm happy she's there. Yeah, she can't win just because she's, she's a lone wolf and people aren't taking her in. Uh, I don't know if that's a cultural thing because... She's a, a strong female who's, who has opinions and will express them. I, I'm not sure exactly why, but it, you, know, you, you, need, um, you need to be part of the group. I, I just think being by yourself the entire game, you, you will not have a chance um, to, to win the whole thing. At some point, you're going to be the easy pick for the death match, or you're going to be an easy person to make last place in a main match, and it's, it's, it's just going to unravel for her. I, I leave her in the, the essentially no-chance category. Uh, for right now. Uh, now, uh, moving, in my opinion, to the players who have some chance, uh, some chance of winning. Let's go to Kyung Ran. Uh, I'm, I'm a Kyung fan. I'm up there with Dom. I, I enjoy her presence. Um, I, she's managed to work well. She's worked herself in with some you know, solid players. She is seen as pretty trustworthy, all things considered. Uh, but she's hampered by the fact that you know, hopefully she has gone back and been watching in the off time during you know, the taping of season four, but she doesn't really seem to know a lot of these people. It, it's unclear that she has seen any episodes of The Genius that she was not actually playing in, and that's got to be a real problem, especially if she gets to a death match here. She's going to be at a real disadvantage about knowing the strategies that people have played and about really knowing the playing styles of a lot of these people you know, in main matches or death matches. So uh, I've got to imagine that unless she's studying quickly as things go, She's just got that lack of information disadvantage. So I, I agree. I think she's she's in trouble in death matches. But at the same time, I think she's one of the best. She, she's one of the least likely people uh, in this cast to have to go to a death match. I think she's seldom getting picked. 
even though she's likely a weak deathmatch player, I just I think she's not going to be anyone's first pick. Um, and I think that she her social game is such that she's unlikely to be losing main matches. So I think, uh, even though I think she's probably a weak deathmatch player in this field, she's not she's not going to one soon. I don't imagine. And and in that case, uh, you know, you, like we saw with Jung Hyun, who I, I think is also in the boat of wouldn't expect to be very good at death matches. It, it, it just takes a little luck, um, especially one of the poker games, for example, it just takes a good draw and you can take down someone who's, who should be better than you. So I, I can't rule her out. I think her chance of winning the game is, is pretty small, but it's there in a way that uh, Kyung Hoon, uh, Jung Moon, Yun Sung and Yun Sun don't have a chance to win. Yep. I'm with you there. All right, let's go to Jun Sayak who has a better chance than King run in, in my mind. Um, but still not a great chance. Yeah, I I've been impressed by him so far through this season. He's definitely showing, you know, why they wanted to bring him back in the first place. Well, that's different than showing something strong. I mean, in episode one, he makes this boneheaded display where he could have had part of a an eleven person joint win that would have kept him safe, and instead he just walks the card right back out of the room, and and again does you know risks the ire of of. 10 other people. Sure. And I wouldn't say that he's, you know, high on my list of winner picks, but I would say that I, I understand why he's there. Whereas I didn't necessarily understand why he was there when this season began. He's got a lot of, you know, a lot of ability for the games. He is pretty solid strategically. Uh, and in some ways he is like a poor man's Hyunmin in that he's good thinking through the calculations. You know, he's pretty sharp in reading the room and understanding what's happening. But just in terms of, you know, general social skills and in terms of knowing when it's not the right idea to screw over the group, like you called out there, he's got a long way to go. Well, so, so but the one, the one uh, plaudit for his social skills is he, he got, he asked Kyung Hoon a simple question and got a key answer uh, in the main match of, of this episode. And in fact, we've seen him make uh, good moves in the last two episodes, his strategy and whether he knew it or not, I, I'm not sure his strategy in episode two guaranteed that he wouldn't be in last place and almost guaranteed him out of the death match because uh, that strategy was going to keep either Kyung Hoon or Yoan in last place, and whoever was in last place was almost certainly going to pick someone from outside the alliance. So uh, I, I think he's he's definitely got a good mind for the game. I think he has a good chance of of winning or at least staying out of last place in main matches, and so I think he has a an okay chance to win the whole thing. Yeah, I I think I'm probably slightly lower on him because I do think that of the people who are left, he is one of he's on the short list of people who are likely to get steered into a last place finish by a large alliance. So I could see him being one of those people who ends up a victim of a Hyunmin huge group shared win strategy that sends Jun Seok to the death match. And then, I mean, he's got a, a good shot in any death match that he's in because he's such a sharp guy, but I, I could see him getting there in the first place when I, there are lots of people who I think, you know, will wait quite a bit longer in the season before they see their, first, their second death match or their, even their first. I mean, he did vivisect Jung Hyun. I don't know that I'm picking Jun Seok for a death match anytime soon. All right, moving along, uh, let's go to Yu Yun, who I think is in the tier of these four players who have a pretty good shot of winning. Yep, I think like we said, he's been quiet, but he's had some you know great moments that illustrate the fact that he's very sharp. Uh, he's laying low. You, that I think that's a good thing to note at this point in an All Star season. He is, you know, he, I, I can't say he's playing the full brickage at this point, but He's quiet. He's you know looking for people to play with week after week. He's making good moves. He's not making waves. He's not someone that many people are going to want to pick for a death match. 
so he's in a, he's in good shape to make it deep at the very least. Yeah, uh, I mean, he gave Kyung Hoon a strategy in the death match today. He's he's not making himself a target, um, even when he's in Minority Alliance, like last week. He's just not he's not out there. He's not putting himself out there. He's just he's someone people sort of understand they can go to for help or for advice uh, while staying out of the out of the limelight. And I think that's a very good position to be in. So, um, yeah. So that's that's Yu Yun. Anything else to add on Yu Yun? Nope. Okay. Uh, moving along to, uh, again, in my estimation, the player with the third best chance to win the game right now, and that is Hong Jinho. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely a, a fan of Jinho. I mean, it's hard not to be after see, watching season one of The Genius. Um, I, there was some talk in this episode about Jinho having lost a step, and I don't really buy into that. I, I do think that he's up against a lot of people who have learned from him and who are just great competitors in their own right. So there are lots of strong people left. But if anything, I think that Jinho has improved you know, as much as anybody. He's a very strong competitor. I wouldn't want to face him in a death match. And he's well-respected in the group. He can be as cutthroat as, as many people here. I mean, he knows how to play. He will happily single out people if he wants to you know, push them down the ladder. But he's got a great reputation right now. People view him very positively for the most part. He's able to build teams. Uh, I absolutely expect him to be there, you know, for many more weeks to come. I'd also put him on a short list of potential winners. I do think there are some people above him, but so far so good for Jinho. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's kind of a target. Like, I, I could see him being targeted in the main match, but I don't know that I want to pick him for the death match if I'm the loser of the main match. Uh, I think he's got great equity against pretty much anyone in the field in a death match. Again, depending on the game. We saw him get uh, get torn limb by limb uh, in in tactical mute nori, but yeah, he's he's a strong player. He's going to be figuring out winning strategies. Uh, I think the that more likely than him getting eliminated anytime soon is his alliance uh, sort of evaporating around him until he's the only one left in his group. So um, yeah, I, I I see the path for him to get to the end game, and once he gets to the end game. You know, when you get to the final five, final four, final three, it's a lot harder to work in an alliance. It's a lot harder to do that. It's a lot more uh, likely that you're just you're, everyone's playing for themselves. And in that case, not being in the group isn't going to hurt him as much. It's true. And I, I mean, I know his reputation from StarCraft precedes him, but he's been great at sealing the deal on the Genius. He's the only person to win the two straight death matches in the final to get a victory. Uh, when the chips are down, you know, when he's... When he is fighting for his life, he tends to come out on top. So yeah, I mean his one his one elimination came in a game where it really wasn't his fault. I mean as we as we've talked about before, it's it was a situation where he was forced into a coin flip. And and when I say forced, you know when you're playing poker and you have ace king against pocket nines, you can choose to play or not play the ace king. Like you can choose to avoid the coin flip situation. Other times where you wouldn't want to avoid it, but the point is you sort of have that choice. Jinho was put in a situation where he essentially could not avoid the coin flip. The game was set up in such a way that it, it forced him to to leave his his life in the game up to fate. He's never been he's never been bested to be eliminated from the genius. Yeah, I would say he's never had a and a genuinely poor showing when his own life was on the line. Yes. So uh, all right. So so there's Jinho. Uh, now uh, you may disagree with me, but uh, I think the second most likely player to win the season is Dongmin. Yeah, I, I would disagree with you if only because I think after this episode, I'd put him in that first place slot. Um, 
Really? I, I was not quite as high on Dungman after season three as a lot of people were. Um, I, well, I the Monterey, was high on Monterey game did not, uh, was not good for him. That was not a strong challenge. Monterey wasn't good for him, but I, but I would say in terms of, you know, he really integrates the abilities of both of the winners that preceded him. He's got, you know, incredibly strong social skills, um, similar, you know, the similar, if not better intuition compared to Sangman. He's got some ability to think through the games and to really, you know, strategize out, but he definitely could use a partner when it comes to those things. So he sort of combines a little bit of each of them. And this season, he has leaned more heavily than ever on his you know, ability to you know, lead the crowd. He seemingly has no enemies at this point, even though there are multiple people in the cast who he has screwed over in the past. Um, and he's very well positioned right now. I can't imagine anybody particularly targeting him, even though, you know, just like you mentioned, Monorail, he's shown that he can occasionally go on tilt you know, like many other people can. But you've got to imagine that, you know, unless there is some fluke that sends him to the death match early on here, that he is very well positioned to make a deep run, and he's very unlikely to be chosen for the death match you know, in in many circumstances that I can see. Yeah, well, so obviously my my number one and your number two mm-hmm. is Hyunmin, and I I just think that the dividing line, and I I mean, can you imagine if they wind up in the finals again? It's possible. It's feasible yeah. from here. It's very possible. Yeah, you can uh, see many but, routes where that actually does happen. But I think that was an upset in the finals last season. I think I think Hyunmin is is a better player in the sorts of games that become finals games. Even though we've seen a lot of luck involved in finals games, um, you know, again, luck tends to even out. And so long as that's the case, I think that in these one on one strategy matches, uh, Hyunmin should be a favorite over over Dongmin, uh, and and so that's why he'd be my number one pick. But Hyunmin's in a position where. I, I don't see him losing a main match. Everyone seems to like him, even though they understand that he's better than them at these games. Right. He has a lot of respect. Uh, age is not a factor like you would have thought it might have been, that people would, would uh, give him less credit or be more likely to take him to death next because he's young. They all seem to understand that, that Hyunmin really knows what he's doing here, and uh, your, your best bet is to not tussle with him. Yeah, despite not having won, he has tremendous respect from the cast. I would say the one thing that gives me pause about putting him in that first place slot through this point is the same thing that you saw bite him in season three, which is to say that Dongman is just so effective at building personal relationships that people have no qualms about really stacking the deck in his favor in the finals. Like if if the two of them are in the finals, if Dongman's in the finals against anybody, basically, it would be a big shock to me if he did not get an overwhelming majority of the support items. I disagree. yeah, is there, well, I'm curious. I, I, at this point, I would expect to see Dongmin, you know, really dominate those support items against well, anyone left in the cast. Okay, here's here's my case, and just in this context, because we're talking about whether Dongmin or Hyunmin is more likely to win the game. And your part of your argument is that if they were in the finals together, Dongmin would get more of those those bonus items. But if they together or Dongmin against pretty much anybody. Well, yeah, Dongmin against other people. I think I, I think I agree with that. But talking specifically about Dongmin versus Hyunmin. Uh, which which is really what matters in terms of which of them is more likely to be the winner of the season because obviously if either one of them is eliminated and the other one is in the finals, the one in the finals is the only one at that point with a chance to to win the game. So I'm only interested right now in the case where they're both in the finals. And I think because Dongmin got so many items and won the game last time, the overall spirit that we saw in the first two seasons of keeping things even, I think it would be kept even or maybe even Hyunmin would have a would have a slight advantage in that case. I, I think that the you would see the players deciding who gets the items, you'd see them doing the thing where they go, well, I like them both. Dongmin won last time and he got more items. So I think this time I will support Hyunmin. And then 
you get to the snow globe. So um, that's, and again, I mean, this is, this is speculation that only matters if the two of them are in the finals, but does that not seem like what would happen based on what we know of, of, of uh, Korean culture that we see. Yeah. What we've seen of the culture in the game, yeah. No, I think that there's definitely something to that. You can see just the fact that, you know, there's a clear cultural sense here that people you know, have a hard time stacking the deck in favor of one person or another. They like to, you know, give both people an equal opportunity and, and see how things play out. And it was so striking that they didn't do that in Season 3. Uh, but I, I can see where you're coming from here. There's certainly a chance that for Season 4 they would just say, Dongman had the advantage last time. Let's see what happens when the tables are or when these scales are balanced fairly. Yep. So. And in that case, yeah, just in pure, you know, analytic rigor, I'd be with you that I, I give him in the advantage. It would just then depend on what happens in the games. You know, I would have said the same thing about season two though. And I'm sure you would have too, that going into season two, you know, Yohan had to be a huge favorite. Oh, I was, I was Sangman. certain. And after Yohan destroyed Sangman at Indian poker, which I thought perhaps Sangman's intuition would help him with, I was like, well, that's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fortunately, Yoan botched the second game, and the third game was a luck fest, and Sangman had the luck. Uh, you know, I'm not complaining about the outcome. Certainly, Sangman was the better player all season. But yeah, based on the, the format for the finals, I of, of course I certainly thought Yoan was a was a pretty solid favorite, probably a two to one or yeah. three to one favorite to beat Sangman. And and I would say, given that we have now steered the conversation back to talking about how Sangman won season two, <laughs> that is a, a great note on which to wrap up our, our discussion of. Season four, episode three. Yes, uh, I, I agree. We've brought it full circle. I'm sure this is not Sangman's last appearance <laughs> on this podcast, but it is for tonight for Michael Botta at Michael Botta, B-O-T-T-A. I'm Scott Green at who is Scott Green. Thank you so much for listening to season four, episode three of Genius Cast. We'll be back next week to talk about how Kyung Hoon won a main match. Maybe. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys later. Good night, everybody.